They be like, slow up, homie. You're talking too fast. I got a couple of quips. I came to talk trash. Yeah, he's Bucky Watson, Bradley Bax. This is going down. We call it the G Splash. Hey. What up? Welcome to another super dope edition. It's always a dope edition. In case you were wondering, it's never, never a dull moment. Never, never a dull moment over here. In G Splash podcast. You know what we Bill. do? G Splash Town, USA. USA surfs up, bro. Hang loose. You think people still think this is a sexual podcast? You know, I've wondered that when I tell people that, like, what their immediate thoughts are. The first time, G- oh, G Splash. What do you guys? What do you guys talk about? Finger popping each other's assholes. Yeah, it really does sound. I didn't even hear it. I didn't hear it for years, and then finally somebody said it, and now it just now I can't unthink it for the past like six months. But that's okay. It's we'll good. It Maybe that gets people to be like, "Oh, sexy," and they're like, "Oh, it's just these two fucking dorks." That's what we do. I'm Bradley Bax. This is my man Chris Bucky Watts. This is episode number 114 of the D- G Splash. Not to be confused with G Spot or mm-hmm. Splash Zone. Yep, USA. good one. Another good one. All, yeah, all yeah. Good ones. Today we're talking about a nice little actors roundtable that featured Tom Hanks, Adam Driver, Jamie Foxx, Robert De Niro. Adam, did I already say Adam Sandler? I don't think you did. Shia LaBeouf. All got big movies this last year. Yes. Couple, few of them got a couple. What, what fascinating about this, and we'll get into it later, is like that the randomness of those guys in the same room. Tom Hanks, maybe Robert De Niro, not so much. This is for Vanity Fair, correct? Hollywood Reporter. Hollywood Reporter that puts it together. Yes, 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 yes. And I, I noticed going through the backlog, these, um, these, uh, round tables are a thing that have been going on for they've done for a while and yeah every time they, they seem to pick you know a, a, a group that's pretty diverse in their backgrounds and like what kind of things they either act in or or projects they're working at that moment but like this one was i mean being the first one of 2020 it looked like was cool and we had such yeah. a big year but it, you're right it was such a uh this one was so weird and you know what if we're just gonna if we're just throwing it out there sandler and, and shia being there is what really is the difference maker in that one you know what i mean yeah like if you put in if you sub in i don't know like don Cheadle and uh i don't know somebody else that's famous that that's more of a level-headed kind of famous then you're probably gonna be you're probably gonna be like oh cool they did a little fun round table and they talked about some stuff like or even like a like a paul rudd who's kind of both but you get sandler in there who's like oh man you're sitting next to de niro and it's but but that said we're gonna get into it but it, it was really cool Yes, we'll definitely get into it later for sure because we could talk about that all day. But I agree. I agree with what you're saying. Also on the show, we got some we got some Mario news, some Spork news. It's cool. We got a lot yeah. of stuff. So, uh, but nice over on, bag. I got to ask you, Chris, over on uh, Splash Trash Man, Katie and I, we talked about uh, The Gentleman and The Turning. Did you get a chance to see any of these? I'm going to level with you. This is that time of year where I'm like focused on the Oscar movies that I've missed. And 
I mean, you really have got to make some noise for me to give a shit in January or February for that matter. Like it's got to be like, and neither of these movies were like you, this is the camp. I mean, remember like black Panther came out in February and it was like, wow, February, February release for this movie. Like it's usually like the ring 12 and like the gremlins, the return. Like I'm not going to go to the fucking movies, but how was the gentleman? Uh, it was actually pretty good. We, is it Guy Ritchie? Yeah, Guy Ritchie. You should definitely. And he's like, "Oh, it. we're gangsters, and look at us." Yeah, I the, get it. Yeah, it, it's a um, niche. It for sure felt like he needed to make up for not cursing in Aladdin. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, yes, yes. He's like, "Oh, I got to get this out of my system," and they're like, "Don't worry, guy. You're gonna have plenty of time to get it out of your system. You're done." Yeah. Anyway, uh, what was the last movie you saw? Mm, I just went and saw Ford vs Ferrari a couple days ago. Nice. Uh, before that, it was 1917. Really worked ch- chopping my way through all those. Dope. Uh, next week we're talking about movies that made us, which was uh, that Netflix little three episodes, three four episode little series they do. They started off with the toys that made us, then they went back and we talked about doing this a while ago, but we're finally getting mm-hmm. to it. But cool. Chris, on that note, let's get to some news. <laughs> well, the tragic story happened on on Sunday. And I think it's still people are still getting through it. I as much as I am anyway. It's still still hard to believe. But Kobe Bryant and his young daughter Gianna uh, and a couple other thirteen year old kids in a helicopter crash. Uh, yeah, really shook the world because uh, I don't think I've in the modern day anyway. Like uh, I'm an athlete on the level that Kobe Bryant mm-hmm. was. Had never. I don't think it's ever happened. I mean, there's been sudden deaths and all kinds of things and, and accidents and things, but like even even for me, I, I have a hard time remembering anybody of that caliber of fame and status. That that I mean, what I mean, going back, it's like Princess Diana's last one. I was like a baby. I mean, yeah, Michael Jackson, Prince. Michael Jackson, yeah, Prince was like, oh, but Prince lived a pretty intense life. You know what I mean? He was like. It's like Philip Seymour Hoffman was like, oh, no. But then you're like, oh, maybe Heath Ledger. That was one that was like, oh, oh, especially since he was at the they were about to have the Dark Knight be a thing. So, I mean, it happens. But this one was just different, man. This was different. Yeah, it's shaking up the world. It's unbelievable. I mean, it's just, I thought it was fake. And then I was like, no, it's a mistake. And I'm not even a Lakers fan. In fact, I'm a Celtics fan. I spent most of my life growing up hating Kobe Bryant. But I can absolutely respect, you know, everything he did for the game, and everything he did after. And um any of the other stuff along the way aside, you know, it's, it was just quite a tragic, shocking thing to happen. Yeah. I kind of still am gathering my thoughts on everything. NBA has been shooken up players, not playing. Um, I guess, so they've postponed the game that was supposed to happen tonight between the Lakers and the Clippers, uh, out of respect because of the you know, family still mourning and Staples center has been probably a massive mess. It's uh it's crazy. I'm gonna be I'm gonna level with you on this thing. I mean, like you said, the game got canceled tonight and stuff, but like I get that there were games that were already in progress and there were games that were like just about to finish. At least one game that was just about to finish, but like it felt strange to make all the other teams later in the day play. And I know that it really only comes down to the money. Being like, well, then we're gonna have to reschedule and it's gonna cost a bunch of money, we're gonna have to refund tickets and like play the game later. But like I was shocked that, you know, the ones that are in progress, you're not going to stop and get everybody off the court. But, like, the 6 p.m. game that night in the NBA, just be like, guys, sorry, but, like, we're just going to – we're closing down. Like, we're we're taking a black day for this. 
Uh, yeah, the, I know that that was talked about a lot, and I guess my only my counter to that, I could see, yeah, it, it's an and it's an expensive adjustment for sure, but at the same time, because uh, that was asked, but the NBA really didn't have any con- like any contingency plan in place for something like this. Yeah, you we, don't plan on something like this, right? But at the, and at the same time, I th- I if you think about it, would Kobe really? Was that what Kobe would want it? Like, yeah, like get the game going, bring people together around basketball. Okay, I I get what you're saying. I like that. Yeah, it is this big of a thing, and I see the point in that. Um, I don't I don't think anybody really knows what to do. Yeah, it's it's what do you do? You're just shook. It, I mean, it's not like he was like 75. He still he still had his presence felt on the court every game. You know, like totally. Yeah, it's definitely shaking up the world, and obviously our, our thoughts and vibes, good vibes, go out to everybody. Everybody, who's absolutely. Who's been been had some kind of a thing about Kobe, whether you loved Kobe or you loved to hate Kobe, my much like myself, because I did just like you, Chris, spent most of my life hating him until 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 you retired, really, and then I was like, all right, I'm you know, you are one of the greatest basketball players of all time, top three for sure, top two. Absolutely. Uh, but speaking of shaking the world up, let's talk about some Super Mario World. Comcast okay. executives cool. have announced uh, last week that Universal Orlando will open a fourth park based on Nintendo characters in 2023. <laughs> According to USA Today, Universal Super Nintendo World theme park will debut this summer at its location in Osaka, <laughs> Japan. <laughs> it will tra- then transition to California, Orlando, and even Singapore. Super Nintendo will include rides, shops, and more. Visitors will also get to participate in interactive gameplay. And by pa- uh, by buying a power-up band, parkgoers can connect to the app, and that turns in uh, turns their visit into an interactive experience. They can yes, collect, yes, 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 yes. They can collect coins like a real Nintendo game, as well as play against other people. This kind of got yes. some cool concepts in, in in it. You've seen the ad, yes? I have not seen the ad. Did you see the yeah. ad? Yes, there's an ad for it that's like that brings this thing to life, and it's that interesting idea that you just said of like the people enter the park and it's like unfolding before them, and they get to see all the different areas. But it's all it's obviously all like cartoon world. It's not the actual like renderings or anything like that. So it's like that. Mm-hmm. But as I was walking, like there's like an area where there's blocks, and you can jump up and like punch the the, like, the kid jumps up and punches the block, and a coin comes out, and the coin and like. You think, oh, they're having fun in Nintendo World, but then it turns out, like what you're saying, they basically took magic bands and turned them into an interactive, almost like the Harry Potter wands, except for you can actually do things with them now. Like you can collect coins, you can collect lives, you can like put those on leaderboards or trade them for things. Like it's like a whole big deal. Like you're a character in the Nintendo World, in you can Mar- collect things cool. as you go. So I think that, and I don't know if there, there's also like there was talk of like certain AR elements of it. Mm-hmm. Where like the rumors that you could like put on, you could like rent glasses or put on glasses or bring your own, and then you could like see the world differently. Like things would be more interactive, mm-hmm. even though it's That's like cool. in the th- in the real world, it like be like would be like a box, and you'd like tap it with your hand, and that would give you a coin. It'd be like, oh, I just jump up in the air, and there's a fake. There's so much cool stuff that's gonna come out of this. Innovative wise, the rides sound pretty cool um, to start. So yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see how they bring this to life. We've talked about them having the Mario Kart thing. Yeah, the Mario Kart will but be I think like the roller coaster. It's going to be a roller coaster, ride. though. Yeah. Kind of like cars, I think, like a cars slash mm, roller okay. coaster. Gotcha, gotcha. There's like gonna be, there's going to be so much crazy stuff, man. Like, they, I, I will give Orlando when it comes to, like, you know, they spent years chasing Disney's ta- tail, but then definitely with the introduction of 
the Wizarding World of Harry Potter, I think mm, they Universal. Yeah, Universal took a step forward of saying we're not just going to make lands that are about cartoons or lands that are about superheroes like they did with Islands of Adventure. They said we're just going to make an um, on a fully immersive world. And you know, Harry Potter is a great, I mean, you obviously that in Wizarding World, but you even see that when you walk into the Simpsons area, especially in Orlando, where it's like, oh, fuck, this is, feels like I'm here. Right, um, right, right, right. I think that they have passed Disney. I think even Galaxy's Edge is a is their attempt at Wizarding World of Harry Potter. And I think it's great. I, we have not been there yet. We're going to go. But I see that Disney's trying to chase them now. And so I know with Universal at the helm on this one and stuff, this land will be fully immersive. Yeah, that's the one thing universal kind of did was they brought that element of you're on a ride but then you're also interact like in like a movie at the same time yeah you go back and forth you're sliding through much like i would even say like the toy story ride is kind of like that it's like that where but they they make you feel like on harry potter there's like giant spiders and you're in this cave and you're like flying around yeah they've done really good at that and i i would agree that that's what Galaxy's Edge kind of did with the Star Wars, what Rise, the Rise of Resistance, any or even the uh, the other one, the uh, Millennium Falcon one. Yeah, it's I think like that, that also. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I know they do it. Uh, we, like we'll, I said again, you know, we we haven't been there, so we'll see. But I hear Galaxy's Edge is a good job of when you go get to there. It, there's like a little thing you walk through. It kind of makes you feel separate. But you know, going back to Universal, they do the they do the little things like when you go into Diagon Alley in Universal there's a brick wall you have to walk through and there's like a little passage to the side and the wall moves. Like you just went through a brick wall to get there. And this Nintendo land will have like a big green Mario tube. You have to like go through that then (laughs) lets you into the land. So they like really want to not only say this is a separate place to be, but it's not just a sign that says Adventureland or Tomorrowland. It's like literally a passage you have to go through and then you can't see what's behind you. So it's like, okay, cool. cool, 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 cool. Well, Chris, speaking of Galaxy's Edge, what the spark, though? I know. This is everywhere, man. This is blowing <laughs> up the news. Uh, according to Disneyland News, a spork, which was used, uh, which used to be free and easily attainable in Docking Bay 7 food and cargo area of Galaxy's mm-hmm. Edge, yeah. is no longer available. But after a brief hiatus, it's back, baby. Back, They're going to reintroduce the utensil and sell it for $10.99 and give it a carrying case. It's a spork, though. Yeah, it <laughs> it's really... A, it's and it's like a it's plastic a, spork, isn't it? I would think so, and this is obviously... A spork is like a really cheap utensil, to be, if I'm being fair. I mean, it's it's the cheapest... I mean, I'm hoping they made it out of like a better plastic to charge this price. I mean, and that that feels... I'm sorry, but like that feels petty as shit. Like, people are collecting your sporks, and so then you take them off and make people pay for them. Although... But no, I was going to say maybe they were in a bin and people were just freaking taking whole handfuls of them and then trying to sell them. So they're like, well, fuck that. Then we're just going to make you buy them and then you won't want to resell them. But then you can just have it so like when somebody orders food, it comes with it. Like it's not in a grab bag. I don't know. It seems weird to charge. It, this better be the best spork of all time. <laughs> I mean, it looks cool, but it yes. doesn't matter how. They, they, they're they on eBay for like 45, 60 bucks. Good crime any Christmas. Yes, I guess the way to fight that or try to discourage people from doing that is to charge them but still mm-hmm. there's only there's some for 11 bucks and you can make sell it for 50 and then they don't have to like produce as many you know i don't know yeah, i don't it is weird it's weird it's it does feel like a cash grab but i feel like there's something you're gonna get forked on a spork i'll tell you that much hey it, 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 spork. 
Trailer time, baby. We do you see this uh, new Fast Nine teaser? Uh, no. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty, pretty fast of a, tra- a teaser. If I'm being honest, uh, Dominic Toretto is uh, <laughs> is he back? Did they were they he's, able to get Vin back? They, he's back, baby. Uh, he's back, and uh, he has a kid whose name's Brian, and they need to protect him from something that's coming. That's pretty much all we know. Is he a baby? Not a. He's like a kid. So this is not. It's not like a uh, complete. Is this a full Fast and Furious? Like the whole team's there, or just him? It just shows him and uh, what's her name? Okay. Okay. R- Rodriguez. Yeah. Yes, uh, Michelle Rodriguez. Yeah. And oh, all that, right. Well, that's uh, that's that's interesting. So they're just gonna keep making them as long as they keep dominating the box office. But everyone's supposed to be in this one again, and except for The Rock and Jason Statham because they hate him. And uh, they're adding John Cena, right? John Cena! (laughs) (laughs) Ah, man, we crack ourselves up too much. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of movie franchises, though, DC Dark is going bad robot. Bad Robot's rumored involvement with the Justice League Dark Universe comes a few months after Warner Media announced its deal with Abrams Worth were reported. $500 $500 million. Holy macaroni. The pact will task Bad Robot with creating content across its wide array of platforms. Holy crap. $500 a, million? Dollars? What are your That's thoughts? That's not playing. What are your thoughts? You think, uh, you think, look at the J.J. Abrams timeline real quick. Yeah, what, got, a, what a conflict, of, not conflict of interest, but my goodness, what a uh, platform jumper. Not a platform jumper, like a, just a brand jumper. An IP jumper. Yeah, he's yeah. all over the place. He went from Star Trek, Star Wars, Marvel. Now he's on DC. He's trying to knock them all off his bucket list. Good for him. Yeah, I mean, I've been trying to think about this when I heard this news. I was like, he's good, but for some reason, I want to say he doesn't knock it out of the park. Or does he? I, I, I mean, feel like this, he's I, hit how, or miss. We don't know how. I mean, he, he owns Bad Robot, so it's possible that... He won't be that involved. I mean, he'll be involved, but he won't be like a director or anything like that. Because I, what you, I get what you're saying too. Because I, I'm a big, I'm a fan of his, but I also he makes a certain kind of movie, mm-hmm. very like the light, adventurous Spielberg esque like type films. When I feel like, especially DC Dark, seems like they acquired this, they could kind of make that expand that universe under his eye, but not with him because I don't think he has what it takes to do like DC Dark movies. Right. Uh, I mean, the other thing too is. Warner Media, all this stuff about HBO Max and their deal and their DC platform. It's very up in the air. I, and no one's really, I feel like news is coming out on each one of these things and no one's really, are they tied together or mm-hmm. am I going to have to sign up for like three other things now? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's, we'll have to see what happens. But I mean, 500 mil, half a bill to, uh, to do that is, uh, okay. All right. Well, People- good for you guys. I feel like people weren't too happy about this the whole JJ Abrams Marvel thing. They did that countdown. Marvel did that countdown. At oh, four. yeah. Oh, and yeah. They, and everyone's like, oh, f- f- fucking Spider Man 4 is coming out. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, everyone's freaking losing their minds about it. And then it got to one. <laughs> and then the next day was, hi, I'm JJ Abrams. This is my son. We made a Spider Man comic book. We made a comic book together. It was like, ah, oh, boo. What a weird twist of things, right? No one saw that coming. I'll tell you that much. Somebody saw this one. Yeah. Speaking of doubling down, though, Hulu and Neon 
uh, have landed worldwide rights to the new Andy Sandberg fronted comedy Palm Springs. Hmm. Uh, UTA Independent Film Group brokered the $17,500,000.69 deal. The company's announced on Monday. Uh, but that figure breaks a record for the biggest sale ever at Sundance Festival by 69 cents. The mark will previous uh, the mark was previously held by Birth of a Nation. So okay. I don't. And the weird part was I think the movie co- they cost like 85 million to make. Wow, 85 million seems like a lot for uh, an Andy Sandberg movie. But what do I know? That is wild. But I mean, this even this I mean, 17 mil is something independent film. Yeah. Wow, so it better be good. Well, they're hoping to not like. I think some one of them said like, "Hope we're not taking a bath on that eighty-five mil." What was the last movie you did? Oh, he did that net thing on Netflix. He was like in Oakland. Oh or... yeah, the Oakland A's thing. That was the uh, Lonely Island Boys thing. I I didn't like it. It was too weird. Mostly because I just didn't grow up caring about that whole thing. And maybe I might have missed my mark. There's a, I just feel like there's a very specific demographic that was very funny too. But hey, you, good more pie. If you love Lonely Island, go nuts. Did you like a uh, pop? Was it called Pop Star? I did like it. I think it's one of the one of the most underrated like comedies in the last in the last ten years. Well, like that, was... people forgot about it. It got it didn't make any money. It got a pretty good score, but like that movie's fucking hilarious. It features a bunch of young people that are crushing it. It's got the Lonely Island Boys killing it. It's that's a good funny movie. What was and then that's my boy was another Andy pop Sandberg? star. Never stop, never stopping. Uh, never stop, never stopping. Yeah, uh, yeah. That's my that's my boy. That was bad, but you know that's a Sandberg movie. Uh. Well, speaking of Adam Sandler, let's get into this main topic, Chris. Let's talk about these actors round here. Yeah, uh, so Hollywood Reporters put this out, much like we said at the beginning of the show. Uh, they sit down, a handful of actors, and they just talk about acting and stuff. <laughs> yeah, they just literally about kind of, it's, it's, it's like an interesting way for them to each pitch their project, their big project they were in that year, because they're not actually talking about the time, about the process of it, but then they're just talking about life and acting in general and which is great. I think it's cool to put these people that are very different and unique, but also big stars and have a lot of public attention in one table and make them talk. Yeah, and this was a very interesting group of people, I felt like. And Chris, you felt the same way because we, that's why we talked about it. But it had uh, Robert De Niro, Tom Hanks, Adam Sandler, Adam Driver, Shia LaBeouf, and Jamie Foxx. And we'll go back to what you were saying, Chris, about Shia, Shia LaBeouf and Adam Sandler being kind of in that room kind of shakes it up Mm -hmm. i think that thing that they all have in common is they can do the comedy and they can really kill it though on a really serious role yeah you know i mean adam sandler makes uh, he puts out probably what two movies three movies a year and they all he knows this like they all pretty bad for the most part oh yeah he just he's trying to just do his thing and have fun doing it but every now and then he he lands a pretty serious role even a movie like was it funny guys Funny guys, funny people, funny people. That uh, was like a- punch drunk love. There's some hitters in there. Yeah, I mean, Un- like like we talked about earlier. I don't necessarily think that they didn't belong at the table, especially with uncut gems, because it could be easy to look at that table and be like, "What the fuck are these two doing here?" But then, like, I think it's good to inject not only young but just different. Shia LaBeouf being in the mindset that he's in now is very interesting to put him with someone like Tom Hanks, and it's very interesting to put Adam Sandler and have him interact with Tom Hanks. And I think that that's that's fun. Yeah, no, I think I I just think this group of people is so unique because they all have unique stories. Uh, even yes. Jamie Foxx coming from a, oh, so different uh, in living color and being a comedian and then trying to do that route. But 
technically like his big break was really in any given Sunday. Yeah, which is Oliver a very Stone, which they, they talk a lot about about that. Yeah, it was. I think that's a good mix when you do that too, because some of the other ones, like I was saying earlier, I looked at you know other panels they put together, and there's some that have a good mix of people, but um, but this one it was cool to see two people like Jamie Foxx and Adam Sandler have a big dramatic film this year, and then be able to talk about you know I came from comedy, so that was different. I came from TV, so that was different. Where someone like you know. Uh, Robert De Niro's just like old as hell and he's like yeah I just fucking do it like I've been doing it for all these years and Adam Drivers has a very interesting backstory about being a marine for a while and yeah, coming back. Yeah. he's also he's a little bit he's a little bit weird like he's he's great I love him I think he killed on SNL this week but he's a little weird he might be like a touch on the spectrum or something he has some very unique things that he can and can't do but he also is has a really great refreshing perspective on things and he kind of gets it in a certain way. And so really different personalities that also get it and seem to gel. Yeah. It was very interesting to hear Tom Hanks talk about, you know, Shia, what he's seen Shia LaBeouf do. And, you know, Adam Driver, like you said, talking about how he was in the military and how he attacks acting the same You know, he looks at them very similar in the sense of like it's very strategic. And at the end of the day, whatever his role is, is being led by someone else. So he has like no control in that sense. So he casts a like, just, I mean, actors in general kind of, but they all kind of agreed it. Like they got to do their job, but at the same time, like they don't get that say. So they don't really know or can't be too attached, I guess. Right. I loved it when they talked, they got a little political at one point because they talked about Ellen DeGeneres and George Bush and then Jamie Foxx had a was he, yeah he had a run in with George Bush too right yeah told their little story um yeah they well there was that interesting part in the middle yeah where it and you and you kind of see it coming with what we're in now like it, they're not only going to be focused on their craft but yeah it really turned into a political piece and De Niro said his thing cuz he's very he's a, a big time you know he's very outspoken and everybody else had their little things you could tell a couple of them were trying to toe the line on what it is but it sort of devolved into that and then there's like a break and it comes back to them talking about things it's almost like that's not where we wanted it to go we'll let you guys talk cuz it's interesting but then we're going to cut and come back to the main thing which is how you guys do what you do yeah, the thing I really liked about that part too was when the host he turned to Adam Sandler and asked him he asked him about politics. What Adam Sandler did, I thought was really honest, and he's like, I felt like he was looking for some like the right thing to say, but he was like, you know what, I'm just not knowledgeable enough, and I feel like a lot of people are afraid to say that. Yeah, you know, what? I completely I'm just, agree. When people try to talk politics with me, that's what I say all the time, and but it's so easy to be like. Oh yeah, because you don't want to either butt heads or or go completely off the end, you, you know? Like politics is so weird in anyway, but the fact that he was like, yeah, uh I'm just not knowledgeable enough, you know? I I use my platform basically when I can or if I want to say something that I feel I need to say, you know, I'm not the one really to talk to about politics. Yeah, I think he had a couple of those. He had a couple of times where it was like he I like that he doesn't try and dig for something. I completely agree with you like He's not trying to say, oh, I need to be smarter because I'm sitting next to these people or or I need to be something I'm not. He's like, I'm, I'm just who I am and I do the things I do. And like, if I don't know enough about something, I'm not going to comment on it. Or like, I don't, I can't, you'd have to ask that person. Or like, even at the end, they're like, if you could go back and tell your younger self one thing and they all have these great answers. He's like, I tell my person to stretch more because I can't even get out of bed some days and it sucks. <laughs> like I should have stretched more. And it's like a funny thing that everybody's laughing at. But then at the same time, they're all kind of like, 
he describes yeah. it more and you're like, oh yeah, that's actually a good one. Like, hey, you're going to be fine, kid. Just freaking stretch some more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was cool kind of to see even Jamie Foxx tell his, you know, talking about Just Mercy and kind of how he got into his role because he could only reference photo because there was no real videos uh, with the character who he was playing because they asked about what it was like to play real character, like a real person. He was like, I had to talk to the attorney and see if we were doing the mannerisms correctly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Versus, because all you had to reference were photos and, and what people said about him. So Just Mercy was a great movie and Jamie Foxx did an absolutely amazing job in that movie. This year still kills me about like how many good movies that were this year that aren't you can't even get say they got snubbed because there was just so many like you said if they was like a 10 if it was like five instead of 10 or 10 instead of five mm-hmm. and not everyone gets a trophy you know what I mean? so it's it's crazy it I mean, is i mean i think that's that i mean you, like you said there's always every year when it comes to oscar season there's a list of movies you want to watch and we talked about already how I feel like this year there was a lot more than usual that I wanted to watch. Like it wasn't just like, oh, I need to sit down and get through the fucking Phantom Thread or something. Like the for the the, ma- the majority, the vast majority of movies this year that are nominated, I want to see. And mm-hmm. being the fact this table was people that know, it's kind of also weird to be like, oh shit! Like there were some heavy hitters in some movies that weren't exactly not all blockbusters, but if nothing else, just really strong, good films. And maybe that's just something about filmmaking that they're more open than ever to taking chances and making films that are, that tell stories that don't necessarily have to be the biggest thing in the world, but can be a really, really good. And that might be the rise of like Netflix, because that's how you get a movie like marriage story that can be out there because no one's going to see that fucking movie in theaters, but on Netflix, it could crush or, you know, things like that. Like, I think that makes it, it gives us better options and the Academy should respond to that and grow with that not be like well it doesn't matter if there's 90 extra amazing movies this year we're giving it to three people and they're all white guys it's like <laughs> oh okay cool yeah. yeah another movie like though with even shia came out with this it was uh peanut butter whoa uh not, i always say that peanut butter falcon yeah but peanut butter wolves peanut butter wolf is a dj <laughs> oh that makes uh, sense then i thought you were just making it up no 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 peanut butter falcon though which is a great movie I don't know. I just love when they asked about, you know, again, playing with real people and he had to play his dad and how he had, he like asked Mel Gibson and. Oh yeah. yeah. I was like, Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> yeah. And then everyone's like, yeah, we all wish Mel, we all want to be Tom Hanks. I think said was like, I, we all want to be played by Mel Gibson. Yeah. You're like, do you really, doesn't this guy have a bad track record? <laughs> uh, but then, yeah. Or even like, uh, you know, Shia LaBeouf was talking about being candid, you know, he said when he's talking to him about Honey Boy, he's like, yeah, I mean, I started writing that project. I was in a I was in a mental institution and it's like, oh, fuck. Like, he's like, yeah. So, I mean, he's like my where I've been and what I've been doing is not exactly in that headspace of everyone else. But, you know, I'm kind of trying to come back and shit. And it's like, oh, fuck, man. Like, thank you for being not being like I was on a vacation. Right. It's like no, I was in an institution. I also love what Shia LaBeouf had to say about when they were talking about like actors or people that intimidate you. And he said Tom Hardy. Yeah. Yeah. He's he, like because like they're friends. But then he's like, "Yeah, that, that dude on set is a fucking gorilla." And the 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 media or the moderators like, "Uh, what do you mean by gorilla?" And he's like, "That that's that dude's set. Like he's pissing in the corners. Like Corner. you get, yeah, yeah, you're just there because he's letting you be there." And he's like, "Don't get me wrong, he's a great guy, but like, he when you're on set with him, it's his set, and you're just acting there." I was like, uh, "You know what? I could totally see that." Um, I I think it was an interview on Complex or something, but Shia was talking about being on set with Tom Hardy. He's telling this story. 
about I think it was they were done shooting for for whatever reason, but they wrestled all the time. And one time mm-hmm. they got they got like really into it, and I think Tom Hardy fell down some. St- Either Shia fell down the stairs or, or Tom Hardy, but like this was like in like yeah, them just was, messing around, but that's yeah, like, like a like, all the time bold, thing. That's in uh, Hot Ones. He's telling that story. Yeah, he like bald bald in his house, yeah, yeah. and so Shia LaBeouf's butt naked on Tom Hardy wrestling, and and he ended up going downstairs. That's how Tom Hardy hurt his shoulder real bad, so he had to like take some time off, and he. The movie's different because he like can't use that arm or something. Like you can you can tell if you know. <laughs> but it's like oh shit. Yeah, and then, then he he had the he was like um who have you learned the most from? And he was like oh Bobby kind of like everyone referred to Robert De Niro as Bobby. Yeah, Bob. I was like oh is that like normal? Like I always struggle with that man. It's like when people call um the one that always gets me is when people call Christopher Walken Chris. Mm. Like I'm like. That's my name, and his name is Christopher Walken. Like celebrity, you just say celebrities' names all the time, so you don't think about the fact that it's like, oh shit, Robert De Niro doesn't want to be called Robert. He probably wants to be called Rob or Bob. <laughs> so, but then again, it makes him like so much more human to be like, yeah. hey, are you, are you afraid when you met, hey when you met, got to meet Robert De Niro? Were you scared? Not really, because he introduced himself as Bob. Like that guy, <laughs> who the fuck? Like, it's gonna be anybody's grandpa now. Like I'm jacked. Oh yeah. All these dudes had great movies, and if you haven't seen any of these movies, talking Just Mercy, Honey Boy, Irishman, Uncut Gems, Marriage Story, or even Star Wars. I'll throw Star Wars in there. Um, and last but not least, it's Tom Hanks. I mean, if you haven't seen a Tom Hanks movie, the guy's a goddamn angel. Mm, oh, right? absolutely. Absolutely. Guy can't do anything wrong. He's played Walt Disney. He's played Mr. Rogers. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's, he's there's the a guy. reason for that. Yeah, he's America's grandpa, America's dad. What? America's dad. Yeah. Plus, he played a kid that was lived in New York, worked at a toy company. It was like the greatest movie ever. Yeah, what else <laughs> do you need? Yeah. Uh, let us know what you are feeling, though, for Oscars, because they're coming up and they're coming up quick. I totally slept on the Grammys, if I'm being honest. I did, okay. too, man. I mean, the the, the and there, well, if there the was any thing. chance of me watching it, the Kobe thing put that through the ringer because I was like, there's no way I'm watching the Grammys. Don't miss out on the roundtable we have coming up when we talk all about the Oscars. Katie is ready and willing and has a full bag of suckets ready to throw out at people when awesome. Joaquin Phoenix comes through and cleans up at the It's gonna Oscars. win it's gonna win three Academy Awards. We can all it, we all know it, it's just gonna. And that's it. Of its eleven, it's gonna take home three. Which three? It's gonna take home score, it's gonna take home Joaquin. And it's probably going to take home sound design. Do you think the score is that good? I think it's that good. I think it is perfect for the film. And if we're just being honest, I think that the fact that a that that it's that a woman did it. Mm. And I say that not in the sense of like, look what women can do. I'm saying that in the sense of like, I think that shows something really cool it's, it shows the change that we're all waiting for and the fact that, that an opportunity like that can produce something so great that should be awarded it should be called out and i think that's where it is plus like i said it, and i'm not saying that, like it's a shitty score on that and she's gonna get it because she's a chick i'm saying it is great <laughs> and it happens to be that too so i think it's i think that would be a really cool thing to see um all right i'll give you that i'm not gonna disagree with you on that one by any means not I... cinematography that'll go to, that'll go to 1917 
I originally thought it would go to Joker, but 1917, that whole tracking shot thing really. Oh my God. It's amazing. It's, it's too, it's so well done. You can't, that you, you can't really tell. That you just survived. That you believe that you just You're... experienced 16 hours and you were only in a theater for two hours. So like the fact that it's built that way and the way they make it feel and the way they move it, like that's, that's cinematography. Yeah, you know, for kind sure. Of fucking filter you put on the camera. It, it, and it makes you feel like you're there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you know, we'll we'll get into it. We'll talk it up. We'll chop it up over a round table pizza. I'll order one. If you know what round table pizza is. Uh, the ah, but best. it is so good. It's phenomenal. Phenomenal. Eat your pizza. Go to the movies. Check us out here every week. Same G Splash time. Same G Splash channel every week. I'm Bradley Bax with my man Chris Bucky Watts. <laughs> we out of here, baby. Peace. Okay, boomer.